Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah, good, it works. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Reconnect My Heart Podcast, the show that we talk about life's problems that may break or tear our hearts apart. On Reconnect My Heart, we discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way he originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Prater. I'm so glad y'all are able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, or if you just want to listen to the show, feel free to call me at 516-453-9118. That's 516-453-9118. Or you listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash reconnect my heart. Or you can go to our chat room, which is available right now on our website, where you can send your questions, comments, or prayer requests. Also, for those who may be on social media, you can go to Reconnect My Heart Podcast, ReconnectMyHeartPodcast.com. You can see the video version of Reconnect My Heart, as well as on social media outlets on uh, Facebook, you'll see under my name, Brother Prater. You're welcome to go in and just be able to see the video version of Reconnect My Heart. Um, decided to 
go ahead and start at uh, the nine o'clock hour. Uh, end up, I got a phone call that really, really, really blessed my blessed my soul, and um, I thank God, thank God for people that love you enough that can be able to reach out, especially for those that you know. There are people, there are people that you may be acquainted with. There may be people that you end up meeting along life journey that you know may have rapport with um, people that you just being cordial with. But then there are others that it's like a divine meeting where you get a chance to just you meet someone and just right off the bat, you know, uh, like-minded spirits, you know. And so this young man, I, I won't uh, share this young man's name, but um, young man, phenomenal pastor in Dallas, got a chance to uh, just just had a heart-to-heart. And to be honest with you, it was so, so much needed, you know. Uh, I really, really, really appreciate it, you know. Um, you know, the Bible tells us iron short is iron. And, um, and, you know, I was talking to him. I want to get him accolades. He wants to give me accolades. And so uh, lifelong, lifelong friend, lifelong friend that uh, I really look up to. So uh, I just thank God for that. Thank God for that. Um but what we want to do, we want to go ahead and uh, talk. Um, today, it was really on my heart. Um, you know, this has been a, a, a busy week. I really hadn't shared this with a lot of people, so I'm just making this publicly now. But uh, this week, I was on vacation, and I was I had so many different plans. I wanted to be able to just study, want to get a chance to do some writing. But um, unfortunately, last week, um, that was last Saturday. Last Saturday, ended up getting a phone call that uh, they sent my father to the hospital. And then after I hung up the phone, uh, two minutes later, got another phone call, and I lost um, my organ player, a uh, dear friend of mine, um, those that may know him, uh, Pastor Cassius Haynes. Um, he went on to be with the Lord. And... Um, you know, just hearing those two uh, information back to back, it was it was a uh, different. It was different. Um, make sure my maybe one two. Okay, good. Um, it, it it was different. I was already getting the news pertaining to my father, and then getting it about my friend. This was this young man was like an older brother. I met him uh, after. My best friend was was actually my cousin after uh, the passing of my cousin of uh, September of 1990. Uh, Cassius Haynes came into our life and really just um, took up the slack, um, took the void. Um, you know, can't replace my cousin, but he was able to. Um, Cassius was able to help. Uh, his sister, which my cousin, to play as well as he ended up um, leaving his church to come to our church and play. He did that for many years, and then he eventually became a pastor. And um, he was a close, close friend, close friend of mine. And and those that know me, especially now, there's a lot of people I don't trust. I love people. I love people. And just because I say I don't trust people doesn't mean I'm holding any animosity. Thing is, I learned how to use wisdom in dealing with people, and you deal with people accordingly. And so, with um, 
uh, Cassius, um, you know, just a lot of private conversation we've had throughout the years. So long story short, dealing with that past and, and then also, like I said, uh, dealing with my father being in the hospital. You know, he's out of the hospital, but right now he's uh, recuperating. So um, just getting that information and uh, this has been a um, uh, busy week. And so my dad have always, excuse me, excuse me, my dad have always said, in life, Things seldom go according to plan. <laughs> no, that no man. Being country, I got to drink some water. But my dad said, in life, things seldom goes according to plan. <clears throat> and so, when those plans that you had are altered, what do you do? When those plans have to be rewritten, rescheduled, sometimes, uh updated, sometimes postponed, or even canceled, what do you do? And so I was thinking about that this whole week, you know, this whole week I was just thinking about that. And so it dawned on me, and I was all, all, I believe in, on this show, I believe in us being real, being transparent, but most importantly, being able to allow God to come in and minister to us and whatever stage or situation that we're dealing with. So this morning, I woke up. I actually had a great service I attended last night. Oh, my gosh. The power of God was, it was so thick. It was so rich. It was present. I thank God for it. And so I went in this morning. I fell asleep last night, fell asleep on my bed. Um, But I woke up this morning and I just began to start thinking. I began to start thinking about everything and that's when it hit me. How sometimes when you're dealing with problems, sometimes when you're dealing with some of the difficult things that in your life, some of the more difficult things that you may be dealing with in your life, those are the times where God moves more, those are the times as ministers we minister harder. Those are the times when things seem like it ain't going right. When it seems like it's hell on top of problems, on top of problems and trouble. Especially when you didn't cause it. Especially when you had no responsibility of it. Except for sometimes you just waking up and you being you. You know, one of the things I always tell people, in the Bible, it tells us how to choose our friends, how to choose our companions, those that we may date or marry. It even teaches us about how to choose eating regimens, uh, uh, eating plans to eat healthy, be healthy. The Bible tells us how to eat healthy. The Bible tells us about investment. The Bible tells us about how to choose our spouse, how to choose our friends. But nowhere in the Bible does it tell us how to choose our family. Hmm. In other words, you had no responsibility for it. And so when those things happen that we had no participation in, that means God allowed it for a specific reason. And so in those things that God allow, such as, hmm, 
you may be dealing with something. And we ain't talking about those who may be dealing with the consequences of their wrong decision or choices. We ain't talking about that. We talking about things that are out of your control. What do you do? What do you do? And so I found out in the midst of that problem, that pain that we deal with, God will help us to accomplish the purpose in spite of the pain. God will help us to move forward and press on in spite of us going against the wind. Even in the midst of us going against the wind, God will beat the wings or the wind beneath our wings in the midst of what we're dealing with. So that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about it from a personal testimony because what happened last night, without going into a whole lot of details, I ended up appearing at a service and one of the speakers didn't show up. And I was asked to fill in. And as I filled in and God allowed me to be able to speak, and I began to start seeing how sometimes what we dealt with in our struggle, oftentimes what we think about is, well, one day we'll get over it. One day we look at it and say, wow, we made it. We we overcame it. But what I found out in the midst of your pain or the midst of what you did with Make sure, make sure in the midst of your pain or the problem that you're dealing with, you can bring some tissue to cry on, but you also bring a pen and pad to write on. In the midst of what you're dealing with, in the midst of whatever problem that you face, get some tissue, you get your Bible, or you can even get your smartphone because not only we can be able to read the Word of God on our smartphone, but we can even set it where it recites to us. So you can have your smartphone, your Bible, you can have your tissue, but make sure you have something to write on and something to write with because there are some teachable moments in the midst of the pain that we're dealing with. Hmm. In the midst of the pain that you're dealing with, regardless of what it is, don't you know God is concerned about it? Like I said, I had to learn myself. God is concerned about each and every problem and pain that we deal with. God is concerned about little old you. And, of course, I know sometimes you may even, I, I talk about this all the time, but sometimes we may even go to a church setting, and they may not acknowledge what we're dealing with. There are some things that we don't talk about in church that may be taboo. There may be some things that we don't talk about because sometimes it don't even register in our little mind. We don't think about huh, there may be somebody that may be in church right now who may have been molested, fondled with by a stranger or even by family. We don't think about or even talk about because it's, you know, it don't happen to us. It did not happen to us. We don't acknowledge it. Because it didn't happen to us or somebody that we know, we don't bring it up in the conversation. We don't have to, quote, unquote, in our mindset, think about we don't have to pray about it because from what we know, they don't appear or based on what we 
do know, they haven't dealt with it. So what I found out is just because it's not to your knowledge does not mean it does not happen. So one of the things I found out, we have to be sensitive to the voice of God and the spirit of God for us to be able to discern. And so they help us to understand that there are people that may come to our presence, regardless if it's in the church building or even just one-on-one. There are people that are going through things, and sometimes they may be going through things and they feel like giving up. Personal level, from what I dealt with specifically, I found out when I really began to learn more about God and God revealed about me, I found out in the midst of your pain and problems, as you pray and talk to God, write down those things that God tell you. Hmm. I found out the problems that we deal with in our life, it's like a lecture in the classroom and the professor is speaking. The, the, the professor is speaking based upon the data that you give him. I found out just because we deal with problems, sometimes we give, we, we say we give God our problems. We give God our problems, but we don't receive the data back based upon our problems. I look at it like this. When you deal with something, let's just say if there's an ailment, Matter of fact, many of us, especially since 2020, we've had the coronavirus and all these things. And then when we had the coronavirus, there became a vaccine for the virus. And so what we have to understand, when we give God our problems or whatever we give to God, he tries to give us a spiritual vaccine based upon what we dealt with. But sometimes what happens, we end up giving it to God, but we leave God. Now, that does not mean that you automatically may have left the faith, but you may have left your prayer life too soon. You may have left the presence of God too soon. Because what I found out, when you give God something, he want to respond back to you. That that part is about relationship. Relationship requires communication. And communication is more than just a verbal communication. Sometimes that communication could be just like how we look at each other. You look at, you might be trying to call your loved one, but all of a sudden they don't answer the phone. But all of a sudden you get a notification on your phone and it's a text message. Hey, I can't talk right now. I'm in the movies. Is everything okay? Now, when you first were expecting to talk to them verbally, now you're texting them. You're still communicating with them. But then also, there may be somebody that you may email. There may be someone that you may, because they may be old school. They may not be accustomed to the modern technology. There may be someone that you may write a letter to. There may be someone that you might send smoke signals to, whatever. But there's a variety of ways, even social media. You might contact somebody through Facebook or through uh, 
Instagram, uh, let's say a DM, direct messenger, all these things that you, all these ways that you might communicate with them. And so there's a variety of ways that we communicate with people, which also shows that there's a variety of ways that God communicates with us and we communicate back to God. God may speak to us in our dreams, visions. God may speak to us audibly. Some, sometimes God may show us things through nature. So I said all that to say this. In the midst of what we're dealing with, I found out God want to show you himself in the midst of the problems and the situation that we're facing. In the midst of the problems that we're facing and that we're dealing with, God want to show you that he's bigger than that. And so what I found out, I found out, and this is my terminology of saying it, pain is a distraction. Pain is or could be a distraction. I said this um, when I first got the uh, phone call by my sister passing. God told me, God told me directly, and and just in case this does not apply to you, then you know what? You can still hold on to it because if you have not faced it later or if you you have not faced it before, you may face it later or you may be facing it now. But what I found out in my specific situation, God was telling me, I can't get distracted. What happened to my sister was the distraction not by God, but by the devil, to distract me. And so what I want to tell you, sometimes what we deal with, that problem, not something that we cause upon ourselves. I want to make sure that I reiterate that. Not a problem that we cause upon ourselves. Not something that we're dealing with the consequence of our bad choice. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about those things that happened to you that you had no attachment to. Sometimes those things that happen to us try to try to get our our focus, our mindset onto that problem to make us miss the promise, to make us miss our purpose, to distract us, even if it's for a minute. Why do you think that there are so head bent on stopping us from texting and driving. They say even if it's a second, you getting distracted just for a second can cause a fatal accident. We acknowledge that in the physical, but what about in the spiritual? So understand that problem that we're facing, that problem that we had faced, is facing, or will face, that problem and that pain should not distract us from the assignment that God has given us. True enough, there are some things that you have to press on with a tear in your eye, things you have to press on even when you have to wipe your nose. There are some things you may feel fatigued, but in the midst of that, God does not want you to stop. Even if you slow down, don't stop. I found out just like when you're playing football, sometime on turf or on grass, if you look at the bottom of the football player's shoe, there are cleats. 
In other words, it's not like regular shoes. Matter of fact, I got some shoes right here. It's not like regular shoes at the bottom where it's flat. Now, these shoes are supposed to be to help you to keep traction in spite of water, in spite of spills. It's supposed to be slip resistant. But these shoes will be ineffective on a football field. Why? Because when it's on grass, especially wet grass, you might slip. Why? Because there is nothing that's at the bottom of the shoe that will be inserted to help you to hold your ground on the grass. And so what we have to realize, as we get ready to move forward, it may be painful. It may be some things that we may be dealing with, but we have to ask God to help us in spite of the hurt, in spite of the pain. Sometimes, those that know me know that I love wrestling, but sometimes when you look at some of the wrestlers who have gotten legitimately hurt, sometimes they have to go to the locker room, and when they come back to the match, they bandaged up. You have to understand in this spiritual fight, understand that the devil going to try to get us right here. If he can't attack us physically, he will try to get us mentally. Sometimes he make us look at the problem and make us get distracted from the promise or the purpose. It's so important for us to be able to understand that when these things happen, understand that the assignment that God has given us, that God has entrusted in us, is so important the devil tries to distract us. I want you to think about that. You and your purpose, getting married together, getting coupled together, is so important. It's so important to the body of Christ that the devil would try any way possible from happening. And then guess what? When your purpose, when your purpose meets your reality, there is a what the uh, what what happened when uh, a lady automatically gets pregnant, um, conceived? There's a conception that happens. But I found out even when that conception happens, the devil would try to bring a spiritual miscarriage. The devil would try so badly. Why do you think he did with you right here to stress you out for your body to be stressed? for your body to not take care of itself, to make you, prevent you from even resting, get proper rest, stress you out. And sometimes people will hit you in your spiritual womb, what God has birthed into you. Your purpose and you are so important. You are so important that the devil try any way possible and anything or anybody possible to make you give up what God has birthed into you. And if he can't use those that you don't know, he would use those that you do know. And if he used those that you do know that are far from you and there's no reaction, he would use those that are close to you. But that's why it's so important for us to have that, look, this kind of vision, like one of them horses with them blinders, we have to stay focused. I found out when we focus on what God has for us and we accomplish it, to be honest with you, I found out the things that we had lost along the way, we get greater. 
There are some people right now that have dealt with betrayal. There are some people right now that their trust level, to be honest with you, their trust level is like right here. There was a song by Prince. He sung a song back in 96. He said, I can count my friends with a peace sign, one, two. There are some people right now, their trust level is so low because they have been burnt. They have been used, abused by people that they did love and that they did trust. And so what happened, the devil would try to have that in the front of our mind to make us focus on that instead of focusing on the assignment. And so I wanted to tell you all, in the midst of the hurt that you're dealing with, don't forget to write it down. It may sound crazy. It may seem like, where did that come from? But I'm telling you, it's for your benefit. I found out there are nuggets that happen when we're dealing with stuff. I found that some of our greatest work, some of our greatest messages come from adversity. Sometimes if you look at the people in the Old Testament, excuse me, in the New Testament, you look at Paul. Most of his writing was when he was in prison and not just locked up in jail. We talk about on death row. <laughs> and you think about it. Those that know, I'm going to talk like I'm an old cliff. This dude right here, writing words of encouragement and insight to people outside of jail while he was in jail on death row. Does that make sense? No couple in day. But in spite of that, if he was able to do that, and we're not facing what he dealt with, what about us? There are some people right now that are sitting on some books that God gave them. There are some people that are sitting down on a business that God has birthed into them, but they're too scared because they feel like, well, you know, I don't have anybody to encourage me. And, and, and I, I tell people this all the time. How in the world we're going to serve a God that's all-powerful, all-knowing, and we try to encourage people and try to tell people about the goodness of God, and we don't even trust in ourselves in our situation. We, don't, we, we, we sometimes take it for granted that, you know what, that word will work for them, but it won't work for me. That's what we're pretty much saying. But right now, there are some things that you're facing right now does that mean that God wants you to stop? No. God may want you to fight harder. What if what you're dealing with was designed by the devil to stop you or to discourage you from moving forward? What if what you're dealing with right now, what if what you're dealing with right now, what if that thing that you so focus on is preventing you from focusing on that plan, that business. And we're not talking about we just going to go blindly and just step out on faith. No, no, no. There are some things that God has prepared you for. There are some things that God was telling you to do and you stopped doing. You stopped your preparation. There are some things that God told you to do and you're allowing yourself to be your own worst enemy. 
I found that sometimes we put spiritual red lights in our life where God has given us the green light. And most of the time, it ain't the people that's stopping us. It's that person that's in our mirror. Sometimes we can be our biggest critic, but we can also be our biggest enemy. And so what you're dealing with, ask yourself, when are you going to stop? When are you going to stop focusing on that and get back to work, get back to business? I found out sometimes even just at work, I found out (laughs) I used to try to take off. And the plans that I had, it never worked out. But when I go back to work, get this, when I go back to work, I get more stuff done. (laughs) Does that make sense? Sometimes we can allow ourselves to be distracted. And like I said, excuse me, like I said, sometimes the things that we plan, sometimes God have an alternative as a teachable moment for us. I shared this um, earlier at church without going into a lot of detail, but there was something I faced years ago, and it was a hard lesson. And then this week, I ended up going to the hospital to visit my father, and all of a sudden, the neighbor that was next to my father, I heard some commotion later on. I went over there and got a chance to talk to that person and come to find out they were dealing with what I dealt with. They were dealing with what I dealt with. In other words, what I dealt with was a teachable moment, but also I had to learn a principle in the midst of my situation, and that principle was able to be conveyed to that person that I end up meeting. That was 17 years. A problem I dealt with 17 years earlier ended up being a principle to help that person 17 years later. That makes sense? So in other words, a lot of things that we deal with, we have to look at these are teachable moments for God to give us some nuggets give us some valuable teaching or some schooling to make our pain profitable. And we're not just talking about finances, which is good. Financial is good. But also, what about peace? I don't care how much money you make. If you don't have peace, look here. There are people that will spend $1,000 on a sleeping pill for one day for peace. Not just the physical, not just the emotional, but also even just being able to have some teachable moments for you to be able to write some stuff down to make books or videos or lesson plans because of what you dealt with. And so I want to tell you, in spite of what you're dealing with, that does not stop your assignment. Matter of fact, um, when I had the first time I had COVID, I had COVID twice. The second time, it wasn't bad. First time I had COVID in 2020, that was April, I believe, April the 13th of 2020. And I had it. I was quarantined for 71 days, quarantined. To some people, that would have been a disaster. For some people, they would have lost their rockers. And I'm not, I'm not just speaking just to be speaking. This is what they told me. There are some people, they, you know, they were quarantined for two weeks, and they were losing their mind. But to me, I had fun. 
Now, I'll be able to share y'all this. But before I caught COVID, God showed me months earlier I was going to get it. I was like, huh? <laughs> and like I said, this is early. This is when COVID first happened. I'm like, oh, wow. But he said, you're going to make it through. He said, I'm going to show you some things. I'm going to allow it to happen to you. I'm going to allow it to happen to you. But I need you to seek me like never before. I want that time where you have, look, I'm shutting you off for you to be able to hear from me and me to hear from you. And so during that time, the only thing, to be honest with you, the only bummer that I had I was unable to physically see my, my daddy and my son. That was it. Everybody else, I loved them and everything, but those two are the people I wanted to make sure I checked on. But in the midst of that, being able to have that one-on-one time with God, God was showing me some things. There are some things not only be able to show me, but he allowed me to do some things. He allowed me to be able to uh, express my love and my admiration over my sister and some other things. But also he was telling me that there are some things that he wanted me to do that God allowed me to be able to do. But I said all that to say this, in the midst of having something that was unfamiliar to the world, God was allowing that time for me to know him in a deeper, intimate way. And also for me to be able to, fine tune of some things that he had told me previously. And so I found out the importance of writing what the Father tells you. You know, if you notice, if you go to the hospital, thank you, if you go to the hospital and when the doctor comes in, oftentimes the doctor brings an intern. That intern is not the one that's talking. The doctor is the one that's talking or the physician is there to talking, but the intern is there, what, taking notes, taking notes. And so when the father is talking, or when you're with the father, especially when you're examining the problems that you're dealing with, these are the times we got to be like the intern. We got to write it down. We got to write down what he says and his perspective. Wow. In his perspective of things, because if I said based upon my perspective, oh, dude, we in trouble. But if I look at it from God's perspective, then they're like grasshoppers to us. We can stump that. We can take over that land. It's fun with making honey. So what you're dealing with, what is God's perspective? Not your perspective or your ideology of it. What is God's perspective? Looking at things as God sees it. And not only you looking at it as God sees it, but you looking at yourself as God sees you. Hmm. So that was something that really, really, really registered to me. Being able to write. All I can say is sometimes, sometimes God showed me stuff and my mind thinks faster than the way I write. So sometimes I have to get my phone and speak into it. And then later on when I get a chance, write it down. What about you? What about you? Sometimes it was good for us to go through some of these things 
for us to be able to get some of these nuggets and also see the strength of God in that situation. I found that there are some things it happened to us not to kill us, but like I said, for us to see what God can do through us and who God is to us and in us. Hmm. You never know how strong an umbrella is until the biggest storm you've ever had. You never know how good a detergent washing powder is or laundry detergent. You never know how good it is until you have your biggest stain, your biggest stain, that deep stain that it seemed like old regular detergent can't get rid of. Sometimes, look, sometimes even when you go take it to the cleaners, sometimes you take your clothes to the cleaners and they get your clothes, they give your clothes back and there's a tag that says, just to let you know, we discovered that there was a stain. And based upon that stain in the depths of that stain in your clothing, we was unable to get it just to let you know. In other words, that stain was there before you gave it to us. And to let you know that that stain was too deep in order for us to get it out. So we just let you know. So in other words, hey, we sorry, but that stain was too deep for our detergent. But God is letting you know that in spite of what you're dealing with, that stain that you're dealing with in your spiritual clothing, God is letting you know, yes, you got a deep stain. You got a bad stain. But most importantly, no matter how deep that stain is, I'm a deeper God that can clean that stain. But I want you to be focused. So right now, I'm speaking for focus and clarity for those that may be watching or listening. There may be someone who may be feeling like their, their walls are caving in. Don't get distracted. Don't let your pain become your problem. Don't let your pain become your focus. Don't let your pain become your purpose. Let your pain be your lesson. In spite of your pain, you still will accomplish your purpose. You still will accomplish your plan. I found out in spite of the pain, we still got to go forward. In spite of what we deal with, life still goes on. There are people that are dependent upon us that we love, but we always think about them. But we got to count ourselves into the equation and say, you know what? I also want to do it for that person that's in my mirror. I am important enough, but I'm not just talking about me. I'm talking about Y-O-U. You, I'm going to say it like this. You is important enough to keep fighting. I'm speaking right now to somebody that may be watching. I'm pointing at you. You may have felt like you ain't nothing. You may have felt like, well, you know, everybody else may have used me. You know, everybody else, they just do whatever they want. You know what? True enough. You may have been used. You may have been lied on. You may have been lied to. You may have been all those things that were mentioned. My question is, what you going to do about it? 
Are you going to allow that to define you when God already defined you? I found out we came into this world by ourselves, and as long as God on the throne, everything else that we need is his responsibility to supply it. I now, I found out the lesson and the blessing of praising and worshiping God in the midst of my problem and situation because when I praise God, but most importantly, when I obey God, it gives God the responsibility of fixing stuff. It's God's responsibility. When you're obedient to God, it ain't your responsibility to figure stuff out. It ain't your responsibility to do this and do that. No. You praise and worship God for who he is, and you tell God, God, look here, this is your problem. This ain't my problem. God, I'm trusting you with this. You just give me the assurance, and you tell me when and what I need to do. I always say this. In the relationship with you and God, you just got to just shut up and listen and obey. Don't try to figure it out. It ain't hard. The only thing that's hard is us keeping our mouth shut and being patient and doing exactly what God says to do. That's it. It ain't hard or complicated. But in spite of that, God wants you to stay focused. Because if you look at it, as time go on, each day we're getting older. And there's so many people that end up dying before their time because they're stressed some people, they worry themselves sick. Some people, they are going to the graves full, full of potential, full of their purpose, full of their assignments. And God wants us to go to our graves empty. There's so many people right now, they've been, they've been sitting on something for the past 20 years. I'm seeing somebody for the past 20 years, God showed you something. God showed you a plan. God showed you a vision. But you have discounted it because of what people have said about you. You have discounted your value. You have discounted your dream. You have discounted your plans, all these things because of your people's opinion about you and your dream, you and your vision. My question is, why are you listening to people who ain't even accomplishing their dream, haven't even started their own dream, haven't started their assignment? If you notice, rich people like hanging with rich people. Money, talk about money. Pregnant women like to talk to other pregnant women because they got something in common. Why are you talking to people you ain't got nothing in common with? You have a dream to dream busters. You have a plan and a vision, and you're talking to vision busters. You got hopes and dreams. You're talking to hope and dream busters. In other words, if you look at the people that you associate with, if you look at the people that you watch on TV, the music that you listen to, you listen and watching and communicating with a lot of busters. So now God wants you to take inventory of the people that you listen to, the things that you watch, 
the music that you listen to, the TV shows that you watch, and ask yourself, is it edifying you spiritually, mentally, emotionally? Is it edifying you? Is it feeding your spirit or is it starving your spirit? Is it taking spiritual food from your mouth? Is it making you regurgitate? Is it making you have a spiritual abortion, a spiritual miscarriage? Is it making you do that? There are some people, you can't look at their face. God does not want you to look at their face because you hold on to people based on who they are. But God is telling you to let them go because of who they are. What I'm saying is you got to be able to see in the spiritual realm because if you see it in the natural realm, oh, you love them, but they're against the purpose and plan that God has for you. They're against your dream. They're against your purpose. They're against your vision. They're against your plan. Knowingly or unknowingly, hmm. There are some people that you not people that's not gonna like you. I have to learn this the hard way. When you obedient to God, when you trust God, there's gonna be there's gonna be some people that ain't gonna like you. And you know why? Because of who's in you. As long as you're obedient to God, and the closer you get to obedient to God, the closer you get to God, the closer you get to your purpose and plans. I found out there are people that will unveil who they are. I had to learn that the hard way. But in spite of what I had to do, I had to walk obedient to God, and I still have to forgive. Now, just because you forgive, I tell people all the time, excuse me, just because you forgive does not mean that you trust. God is trying to groom us and mature us to what he has for us. God wants us to stop being naive in the purpose, in the plan he has for us. God wants us to stop being naive. We got to stop being, well, you know, I'm going to do it. I believe in doing it the right way, but is it God's way? So many times we have been used by the same folks, and we, well, you know, I'm just trying to be humble. No, 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 no. Look, being humble does not mean being stupid. Does not mean making stupid decisions. We have to be wise. And there's going to be some people, we have to tell them and give them a divine no. And I found out when you tell people no, you don't owe them an explanation. It's just like if somebody asks me, hey, can I use your car? No. Why can't you use your car? <laughs> I'm going to walk off. <laughs> Number one, they asked me a question, and I gave them a response. There's, there will be people who will not like your response, but that ain't your problem. It's their problem, but you got to keep on going. You don't have time. You don't have time to be stopping for foolishness. You don't have time to stop because of pain. And when I say pain, I'm talking about emotional pain. I'm talking about spiritual pain. You don't have time. We have an assignment to do. And God God has so much for us. And get this, we've been praying to God for a breakthrough, but when that breakthrough opportunity comes, we end up slamming the door on our own blessing. 
we're asking God to give it to us. We're asking God, oh, okay, God, 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 give me, give me, give me this, give me that, and God is doing this. And he put it right in our hands. Okay, God, God, I need my breakthrough. I need my answer. I need my answer. And you know what? God's hand is empty. But we're asking God, God, I need this. I need that. And God said, look here, my hand is empty. I'm not giving it to you. You know why? Because you already possess it. God would never give you what's already in your possession. God is not going to give it to you. So what you have to do, you have to open up your spiritual eyes to understand what you're asking for. God already gave it to you. You just have to be able to recognize it and also being able to identify it. Because some of the things that we asking God for, what if God gave it to us, but it did not come in the form of what we anticipated? We might be anticipating our help coming from that favorite cousin, oh, oh that best friend. But what if God want to bless you through somebody you don't know? What if God want to bless you through somebody that you don't even like. Ooh. What if God want to bless you through somebody that did you wrong? Hmm. Now, get this. Like I said, just because somebody bless us or give us something that may have hurt us, then I mean that we have to trust them, especially when there's no repentance. Hmm. Story that talks about a neighbor. There was a neighbor that had a, um, I believe she had a dog or had some type of animal, and she would always throw feces and urine over in that neighbor's yard. And she did that for many years. And the neighbor would ask her, please don't do that. Please don't do that. And that woman would just keep on trying to run her out. So years later, what that neighbor did that was having her yard thrown on, on with feces and urine and stuff, eventually that neighbor went to that neighbor's house and gave her some flowers. And that lady was like, oh, wow, those are some beautiful flowers. How in the world did you get these so beautiful? They are, I've never seen anything like that before. They're so beautiful. And she said, well, it came from my garden. Your garden? Yes, it came from my garden. It came from my garden. And all these years you've been throwing feces and throwing urine on my garden. Now I'm giving you from the mess that you were giving me, I'm giving you the results. I'm giving you the results of what you gave me. I'm giving you the results. In other words, that mess that you gave me, it was fuel. It was fuel to my garden. So all I'm doing, I'm just giving back what you gave me. So what people give us, that mess that they give us, if we really trust God, we can allow that to be a message. 
that problem that they gave us, we can give that to the problem solver and we receive the benefits of that problem. So no matter what you face, no matter what you're dealing with, it's God's responsibility. We just got to obey it. Obey him and trust him. And like I say, even in the midst of what we're dealing with, there may be some things, like I said, there may be some things that may be very uncomfortable. There may be some things that make you want to cry. And especially when you've been hurt, especially when you have had your trust broken, but don't stop. Don't stop. You can't, you cannot stop. Those that know me, I don't mind being honest and being real with you. The reason why I come up here, my main thing is to make sure that I'm doing the will of God. Doing the will of God, but also I want to encourage you. Yes, there are some people, there are some times I may not be able to get on the show or get on the video. Normally, I try to post my videos on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Sometimes I don't get a chance to, not because I don't have anything to say. Sometimes I look at them like, crap, but I'm working on that, working on time management and planning ahead. But what I found out, sometimes when situations occurs, sometimes it's like it could be so much. But I believe in being consistent and being up here to show y'all if God could do it for me, he could do it for anybody. Look, God is no respect to person. I say that all the time. But not just saying it, but I'm just showing you. There may be some things that people may be dealing with, people may be going through, and sometimes there may be some things that may be private. There may be some things that people may be dealing with they don't want to share. And those that know me, I don't mind sharing my information with anybody. You know why? Because I want people to know, hey, look here, look at where I'm at. I am relatable. Yeah, I, I understand. I understand, you know, getting ready to preach. And you had just got your heart broke three days ago. Look, preaching, and you just had to bury your sister. Matter of fact, got my heart broken on a Monday morning and ended up having to preach on Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday, and then next Sunday. I understand about that. I understand about being on a podcast right now while my daddy was sick. I understand about that. You know, even when my son was in the hospital, he's fine now. But when he was dealing with asthma, being there, being there, and then when the the hospital room closes, I have to I have to leave and trust that God was going to be the God of healing. As I continue to go forth and tell people the goodness of God. Look here. Like I said, y'all see on this video, y'all may see me even if I'm at work or in in public. Y'all may see me out there, but I'm telling you, some people don't understand there's a story behind my praise. There's a story behind what I deal with, what I've dealt with. There's a story behind it. But the key thing is, in the midst of my story, the story continues, but so does my assignment. My purpose has to continue. 
Look here. I don't care what happens. Lord bless say the same. I will be here next Sunday. I don't care what things look like. Those that are on social media or those that may be on my website, there will be a word from God coming in the morning. As long as there's breath in my body, look, the message goes forth because people still need to know who God is, especially what he's doing. Not just what he did, but what he's doing. But the most important thing is not what he did or what he's doing or what he's going to do. The most important thing is who he is. That's what I want to convey to everybody. Who he is in the midst of the problem, in the midst of a storm, in the midst of everything that you may be dealing with, in the midst of the misunderstanding, all these things. I tell you this, if you trust God to deal with not only is his responsibility to work it out, but also is his responsibility to reveal himself. Allow God to reveal himself in the midst of whatever you're dealing with. Allow him to reveal himself. The Bible tells us the steps of the righteous man, the prayers of the righteous man avail as much, but also the steps of the righteous man are ordered by the Lord. So in other words, whatever I'm dealing with, and if God allowed it to happen, and me obeying him, he's going to order my steps. He's going to give me this extra strategy, not only out of the problem, but give me the spiritual vaccination to make my pain profitable and also to help someone else be vaccinated. God's responsibility towards us, sometimes we really don't understand. Sometimes we really don't know who we are in God. Sometimes we really don't know. And so God wants you to know, allow this to be a time where you have you and God time. Have that intimate time. Have that intimate conversation. Sometimes, I, especially past couple of years, sometimes just being in the car and just have silence for you to be able to hear. Those that know me, my prayer closet is in a bathroom. <laughs> I hear, I hear. It's like, I don't care if it's in a public bathroom. I don't care if it's in a bathroom where I'm just at home by myself. I hear. Even sometimes I go to Walmart. Sometimes I go to Walmart. When I go in, sometimes I have to, most of the time when I'm at work, uh, when I have my uniform, I have my pen in my pocket. And so sometimes when I go into that bathroom, I have that pen, and I got to get that paper towel. I got to write. I hear. I got to write. And it can be complete silent, but I got to hear. I got to write. So my thing is, God loves us enough. He want to be able to inform us on some information. God want to help us in whatever we're dealing with. God want to help us. God have an extra strategy out of whatever we're dealing with. So my question is, in the midst of what you're dealing with, yeah, you may, like I said, you may be hurt, but don't stop. I mentioned it earlier. In the midst of what I was dealing with, you know what? Those that know me, I've been ministering. I went through breakup. I went through death in the family. I went through a divorce. I went through all these things. I went through all these things. But I refuse to allow anything and anybody stop me from the purpose and plan God has for me. I am committed to God and committed to the plan he has for me. What about you? Are you committed to your purpose or are you committed to your problem 
Are you committed to your purpose or are you committed to your pain? Let that be the question for tonight. Are you committed to your purpose or are you committed to your pain? Ask yourself that. That, Matter of fact, that's a tweet right there. Are you committed to your purpose or are you committed to your pain? You ask that person that's in your mirror. Ask yourself that. Understand, your pain could be fatal if you stop your purpose. Your pain will take you out if you stay focused on your pain. But if you focus on your purpose, but also the person that gave you the purpose, I guarantee you God will give you the strength. God will give you the endurance. God will give you the nuggets that you need, not only to overcome your pain, but to finish your purpose. So right now, whatever you're dealing with, you write it down on a piece of paper. And as you write it down, you write down every one of the problems that you're dealing with, and you find a scripture pertaining to everything God said about it. This is the time for you to be able to focus like never before. You have to be able to focus because people are dependent upon you for your plan, your purpose. All these things. And you know what? You will not have that peace that surpasses all understanding until you, what? Until you obey what God has told you to do. There is a plan. There's a purpose. There are some things that God has told you to do. But who's stopping you? You. God wants you to be able to grow up and be able to see him. God wants you to be mature enough to recognize that that pain is a distraction to move forward. God wants you to be able to be focused like never before. But understand, it's either going to be your your pain or your purpose or your purpose or your pain. You can't have both. (laughs) You can't have both. It's going to be one or the other. But I want to tell you, if you obey God in the purpose and plan he has for you, like I said, it's his responsibility to take care of the pain. But if you try to take care of the pain, then who's going to do your purpose? There's only one of you. God made you unique. There's only one of you, even twins. Even twins, identical twins have different characteristics. Even identical twins have different fingerprints or DNA. But it's only one of them. And so with that, there's only one of you. The question is, who's going to do your assignment? Who's going to do your purpose? God can handle your pain. If you accomplish your purpose, but if you try to handle your pain, you're going to leave your purpose undone and you end up going to a grave full, going to a grave, going to a grave in the cemetery. I already have enough people buried with their purpose and plan buried with them. 
But God wants you to take your purpose and your promise, your purpose, your plans, and rest and rely upon his promise for you to continue to do it for him to take care of everything else. So as we get ready to pray, you know your needs and your concerns. We're going to give it to God. We're going to leave it there. Romans 10 and 9, just in case those who may be listening, who may feel like, well, you know, um, what, what what do I do to be saved? You know, do I, do I have to give up this? Do I have to give up? No. You know what? To be honest with you, if you can stop, stop. If you can't stop, then still come to God. Ask him for strength. Ask him for the wisdom. Ask him for you to be able to overcome whatever addiction you may be dealing with. Also, asking God and be real with God. Tell God, God, take the taste of it out of my mouth. Remove that desire from me. I don't care if it's alcohol. I don't care if it's drugs. I don't care if it's pornography. I don't care if it's sex before marriage. That if you're having sex during your marriage with your wife or with your husband, hey, y'all have fun. That's a gift from God. But anything else, God will help you. God will help you to overcome it. And I'm telling you, you ain't nobody different that God does not love. God loves you. God is concerned about you. Like I said, I don't know you, but God knows you. And it's not a coincidence. It's not a mistake for you to be watching this episode tonight. But in spite of everything that you've heard, now it's your decision for you to do it. And also, like I said, you have to you have to get ready and get used to the people maybe talking about you. You gotta get used to it. Get used to it. I'm tell look here. I'm telling you, you gotta get used to it. I'm gonna say this as we get ready to pray. Those that know me, I work at the Sheriff's Department, work for Dallas County Sheriff's Department. And I found that I don't care how good of an officer that you are. I don't care how professional you are. There's going to be some people that's going to cuss you out or try to fight you or attack you. It's going to happen. You ain't got to start no fight. I promise you, a fight will come to you. There are some people that will not like you because of what you stand for. I found that out. I had somebody uh, some time ago tell me, Oh, I'm surprised at you. I can't believe it. No, I'm just doing my job. It ain't nothing personal. I just got to do my job. And, hey, when everything is all said and done, when I clock out, those that know me, when I clock out, the first thing I do as I clock out, I try not to talk on the phone as I'm leaving out because I'm praying, going to the car. I'm asking God to remove every residue and then when I get in the car, I thank God because I'm leaving Officer Prater on the clock. But now Brother Prater is coming home. Brother Prater is going to the convenience store. Brother Prater is getting some gas. Most importantly, Brother Prater is going to see his son. So everything that transpires while I'm at work, I should expect that. <laughs> Look here. I've been told my mama's an H word. My mama's a B. My dad is a blah, blah, blah. I'm a blah, blah, blah. I've heard all of that, but that's not going to stop me from doing my job. I'm not going to take it personal. I look at it as when I get 
When I get to work, I get paid for my personal appearances. Anything can happen and expect the unexpected. So we expect that in the physical or in the secular, on our secular job, why do we get offended and get hurt when it happens in our spiritual job? Something to think about, huh? You can handle it while you're at work, you being a teacher. Of course, you got a hard job. Yes. You got a teacher's job. But you're seasoned enough to look over some foolishness. You know how to pick and choose your battles. You know how to handle it. You got it strategic. You can deal with that in the secular, but in the spiritual, gosh, we want to throw in the towel. The same God that's helping us to understand in the secular, he wants us to use that same principle, what we call copy and paste, and implement it right here. The thing is, a lot of times, and this is for free, a lot of times what God show us and deal with us, even on our secular job, he wants us to use those same principles because he wants us to be able to use that in our spiritual assignment. That's what I had to find out. Wow. So it's like whatever you learn on your job, you can implement it in your own job. See, on our job, we get paid and we're doing what we're supposed to do for our job. But when we get off our job, then it's time for us to go to work. Hmm. Understand, in the Bible, God gave Job, excuse me, God gave Adam what? God did not give Adam a job. God did not give Adam a job. He gave him work. If you look at the original word work, work is a, actually the root word of work actually come from word means energy or source being God. So God has given us, each and every one of us, a gift, but also work. Gift and work. And guess what? He gave us worth. So he gave us worth for our work. He's our source. So the source gave us work and gave us worth. We have to be responsible enough to know our worth to finish our work in spite of the pain, in spite of the hurt, in spite of the confusion, in spite of being lied on, lied to, the abandonment, the betrayal, all that stuff. The question is, yes, that's bad, that's, that's, that's painful, but are you continuing to work? Something to think about. So as we get ready to pray, we want you to be able to just focus on your relationship with God and also focus on what purpose that God told you to do. And if you have not done it, if you have stopped, ask God to give you the strength, the wisdom, and the insight to recognize it. First of all, repent, recognize it, and go forth. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you right now, God. We thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness. We come to you right now, God. We acknowledge your presence on tonight. We come to you right now, God, first of all, God, to forgive us, God. If there's anything that's in us that's unlike you, God.
asking God to forgive us and cleanse us and make us whole right now. In the name of Jesus, God, we thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness, and we receive your forgiveness. God, we're coming out to tell, me, tell you right now, God, thank you right now, God. Thank you for being a way out of no way, God. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for having our best into that heart, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for giving us another chance, God. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your grace, your mercy that did not give up on us, God. So, God, we speak it right now, God, that you come in right now, God. Help us, God, to fulfill the purpose and plan you have for us right now, God. In the name of Jesus. God, we thank you, Lord, even for your protection right now, God. We thank you, Lord, for having our best interest at heart and not giving up on us, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for seeing the best in us, even when others saw the worst in us, even when we saw the worst in ourselves, God. You still did not give up on us, God. So, God, we thank you right now, God. God, we thank you right now, God. We thank you right now, God. God, we thank you, Lord, for your presence, God. We thank you, Lord, for your identity, God. God, we speak it right now, God. God, that you help us, God, to fulfill the purpose and plan you have for us right now, God. God, help us, God, to be about your business, God. Help us, God, to be about our Father's business, God. Help us, God, to not be moved or not be shaken, God, but help us to be fixated, God, on the plan that you have for us to do right now. In the name of Jesus, we bind everything the devil stands for. We counsel the devil's assignment right now. In the name of Jesus, and Lord, we surrender every hurt. We surrender every pain right now. In the name of Jesus, we surrender every destructive spirit right now. In the name of Jesus, God, we speak, God, that you help us, God, to recognize right now, God, and move by your spirit right now, God, and not be moved by our flesh or our, our minds right now, God. But, God, even speaking right now, God, that you help us to have our minds renewed right now, God. God, you already said in your word, God, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. So, God, we speak, God, that you help us, God, to have the mind of Christ right now, God, in every situation right now, God. And God, we speak, God, that you help us, God, to have the spiritual maturity to look over foolishness, God. Look over those things that you did not assign for us to look at right now, God. Help us, God, to not uh, not not acknowledge the things that you don't want us to acknowledge right now, God. But help us, God, to speak right now, God. Speak life right now, God. Help us to speak purpose right now, God. Help us to speak your truth, God. Help us to speak your word right now, God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we speak, God, that you help us to have the spiritual blinders on them right now, God. To help us, God, to move forward right now, God. In the name of Jesus, God, I'll be speaking right now, God. Even for those who may be hurt, God, upgird them right now and hold them up right now, God. In the name of Jesus, regardless if it's hurt, regardless if it's pain, regardless if it's grief right now, God. In the name of Jesus, and I'll be speaking right now, God. That you comfort those who are hurting, God. Comfort those right now, God, who have bleeding hearts right now, God. And, God, we speak in God that you heal the wound, heal the scar, and the scar tissue, God. Even the lingering memories right now, God. Even when the devil try to come to bring sadness or depression right now, we bind that spirit and send it back to the pits of hell right now. In the name of Jesus, and, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the new life right now, God. We thank you, Lord, for the better quality of life right now, God. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for receiving resuscitating us, God. Thank you, Lord, for the spiritual resuscitation right now, God, in the name of Jesus. And we thank you right now, God, for everything you've done, God, everything you're going to do, but most importantly, everything that you are right now, God. And we thank you, Lord, for the uh, uh, completion, God, of the assignments, God, 
the completion of the divine plans, God. God, we're speaking, God, for the divine purpose right now, God, being manifested and completed right now, God. In the name of Jesus, we thank you right now, God, for everything that you've done, God. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen, amen, amen. I thank each and every one of you all who tuned in. If you want to get in contact with me, my name is Brother Prater. You can catch me on Facebook, Brother Prater, B-R-O-T-H-E-R, Prater, P as in Paul, R-A, T as in Tom, E-R. Um, you can see my data devotion, also my videos on uh, Facebook. Also, you can go to the uh, my website at brotherprater.com. BrotherPrater.com, you will see my daily devotions, uh, also my videos, as well as my personal appearances. Also, if you go to the store section of my website, you can see my book, A Few Good Men. Yeah, I hear that. A Few Good Men, A Path to Godly Fatherhood. A Few Good Men was written to inform men the needs and their responsibilities towards their family, their children, even their children's mother, regardless if they're with them or not. Uh, also, I talked to the ladies, not just to me, but I talked to the ladies also to let them know what the qualities of the potential future husband and or father to present or future children. Also, this book, um, The Girl Who Was Her Brother's Keeper, The Love Beyond Life, uh, this is a book in tribute to my sister, Sheila Prater, who was tragically killed through uh, domestic violence. And uh, this is just pretty much talking about our life together. I, you know, um, I talk about our life, our journey together, and uh, even just this being a testimony to others. And uh, even from my perspective, I, I love her. I miss her dearly. We were, you know, I was telling my stepmother today, um, we were more than friends. You know, she was my classmate. She was my classmate. Not just going to school together. We were classmates. But in spite of all of that, me having her for 45 years and us be close as we were, I would rather have had that, her to be gone, than for us to live 133 years and us be divided. Even this right here is a testimony to let people know, even in the midst of, even in the midst of my grief, I look at this and say, wow, I have what most people don't have. I had what most people never had. I had the love of his sibling beyond words could say. And so I have other siblings. I have brothers. I've only had one sister. And she had more than one brother, but it was only one of June. And so with that being said, I thank God in the midst of my hurt, in the midst of everything. I want you to understand why I'm saying this, because the key thing is in the midst of your purpose, in the midst of your pain, what is your perspective? In the midst of your hurt, what is your perspective? You got to have the perspective of Christ. What the devil meant for evil is God's responsibility to turn it for our good. So I can sit here, I can cry all day. Yeah, I'm hurt, yeah. Still hurt. But I know in the midst of the hurt, it's God's responsibility. If he tell me to do something, I say, okay, God, I'm going to do it, but God, I'm hurt. 
So as I do this plan, you got to deal with my pain, and he's going to do it. So I'm telling you this for a reason. And guess what? I understand my sister's not coming back. So there's going to be a void for the rest of my life. But in the midst of that, it's God's responsibility to be with the to be with me and to fill that void for the rest of my life. So I want to leave you with this. Yeah, that sounds like it's pretty sad. Yeah, but I'm telling you, if God can do it for me and everything I'm telling you that he's going to do, I don't care if nobody else say anything about it. Don't get me wrong. I love people. But if no one give me an encouraging word, if no one say anything, I'm praying for. If they, if they say nothing at all, I don't even I don't even be looking for being about to say anything because I understand me reaching God for myself. I appreciate people reach out or whatever, but I'm not dependent upon that. I I I really don't. And that's how you got to be. You got to have a mindset of God is you I'm serving, and it's you alone. God is your responsibility. I'm giving God 100% responsibility to take care of my need, take care of my void, take care of everything. So it's his responsibility. So I want to tell you, when it pertains to the purple plan God has for you, every pain, give it to God. Every brokenness, give it to God. Every confusion, give it to God. So if you give it to God, are you going to do what God gave you? God bless you. Thank you for listening to Rick Link in My Heart. God bless you and good night. Love y'all dearly.